this is a hallucination from the mind of Iris Murdoch, and I defy you not to get lost in it. Chapter 1, page 21. Annette was afraid of heights. However, she mounted resolutely onto the chair. Here, by standing on tiptoe, she could get her hands over the metal bar. She paused breathlessly. Then, with a quick movement, she kicked the chair away and hung stiffly in midair. The chandelier felt firm. Her grip was strong. There was no terrible rending sound as the chain parted company with the ceiling. After all, thought Annette, I don't weigh much. You're listening to Anything But Silent from the British Library. In the last episode, we explored the idea of sanctuary and what that means to different people. From a secret library in war-torn Syria to hospital beds in Wales. In this mini-episode, we're talking to an author, bon vivant, and world-famous window dresser. Joining the library today is Simon Doonan. She fell into a sort of a trance, and as she swung dreamily to and fro, she had a vision of remaining there for the rest of the afternoon until the borders of Ringenhall, streaming in for their dinner, would make their way around on either side of her swinging feet and sit down, paying her no more attention than if she had been a piece of furniture. My name is Simon Doonan. I've written seven books, and my most recent, Drag, The Complete Story, is flying off the shelves as I speak. When I was asked to pick a book which has given me sanctuary, I suddenly thought of The Flight from the Enchanter by Iris Murdoch, this book that was published in 1956. The Flight from the Enchanter is a very mysterious, wacky book, which um, is hard to even know what it is about. So the plot is completely strange. It starts off with a young girl called Annette Cocaine, I think you pronounce it, and she's at some fancy finishing school in Kensington, and all of a sudden she takes it into her head to leave the school. I will leave the school and finish my own education. And this begins with her walking out of the room, walking into the next room and climbing on a table and swinging from a chandelier. And this is how she begins her own self-education. After I read it, I looked into Iris Murdoch. You know, her deal, what's her deal? This crazy woman that wrote this insane book. And she was very influenced by the ideas of existentialism. And um, basically, the basic idea of existentialism, if you could boil it down based on my, you know, I'm a fashion person, here's my version of it, is um, everything is random and contingent. You know, nothing in life makes sense. Everything is a series of contingencies. And... But I think Iris Murdoch took a more positive view of it. She thought that's why life is interesting. That's why world is, the world is an interesting place. And I sort of found sanctuary in this idea because at this particular time, I was in my 40s, 
I was in a library in Shelter Island, the local little village library, and they were having a book sale, and there was like 12 Iris Murdoch first editions going for a buck each. So I thought, I've never really read her. So I bought them all because they had beautiful covers, and I started reading them. And at that time, there was a prevailing idea that everything happens for a reason. You would, every time a celebrity won an award or every time a reality show, you would hear this trope over and over again. Well, you know, everything happens for a reason. Or like, you know, uh, my dog died. Well, everything happens for a reason. Or I lost my handbag. When I found this book, with its randomness and its chaos, it seemed much more like real life. And then I read more about Iris Murdoch and her connection to the existentialist ideas. And um, it was much more like my life. You know, you get on a table, you swing on a chandelier and just see what happens. When I think about Sanctuary, I definitely think about my book. I think drag is all about sanctuary. I think it's all about power as well. Often people who don't have a lot of agency or power can find it through drag and that gives them sanctuary, especially if you're powerless the rest of the time. And uh, historically, drag has provided people with, you know, I, in my book, I make the case that glamour drag is kind of a Medusa transformation where you go from just being this marginal gay person, historically that would be applicable, and then suddenly you're the one everyone's scared of in the room. You know, you're a foot taller than you previously were with some huge wig on, everything's exaggeration. It's about making a massive impression and intimidating, you know, a room full of people in a pub that would probably, you know, elbow you out of the way the rest of the time. And Drag Kings, too, is even more about sanctuary and also about power. For Drag Kings, women's relationship with drag is obviously goes back thousands of years. You know, women have been dragging up for various reasons, literally to find sanctuary. Um, you know, women would dress up as monks and hide in monasteries when, you know, pillaging armies were headed in their direction. Women would dress up as boys in order to get employment into the 19th century. You know, you couldn't work as a law clerk if you were a girl, but if you dressed up as a boy, you could get in and work and have some money and, you know, establish yourself a little bit. Employment is a sanctuary. So, you know, we're living now in a golden age of drag and uh, it's a great, time to see people flourishing in that creative, sort of startling, astonishing world. The Flight from the Enchanter is very inspiring to me because it's, it's a very imaginative, creative, no-holds-barred book. It's a bit like looking at an old Godard movie from the 60s or, you know, it, where imagination runs riot. It's a very creative piece of writing. Um, where she's obviously just let herself flow into it. And it doesn't have an agenda. It's truly existentialist because it's just kind of bonkers. If I could pass this book on to somebody past, present or future, 
maybe it would be to a reality show person, a real housewife or something like that, because they're always saying everything happens for a reason. And I would be like, girl, read this book and then get back to me. Thanks to Simon Doonan. We'd love to hear about the writing that made you. Perhaps there's a library book you loved so much you struggled to take it back. Get in touch at British Library on social media and use the hashtag AnythingButSilent. Anything But Silent is a Pixie U production for the British Library. We'll be back in two weeks' time for our next main episode. Thanks for listening. <laughs>